Welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noelle Cordell. Hey guys, welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast. This is episode five, six, or seven. Noel and I do not know what episode it is because we are blazing through them so fast. This is true. I think it's five. I think it's five. And what are we talking about today, Noel? Today we're talking about loneliness. Mm. Yeah. As an experience, as a phenomenon, and what we can do about it. Yeah, and I think maybe we should uh, redefine it because um, I think that loneliness, uh, it has a bad rap. So let's talk about this. I think it's really important. I know that it's been a theme in my life for probably the last year and a half. Uh, there's different types of loneliness, and, and not all loneliness is bad. So where do you want to start? Well, let's tell the people who we are. My name is John Kim. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm Noelle Cordo, and together we form um, the leadership of both Shift, the company, and the Catalyst Life Coaching Intensive. John and I are both life coaches, and we created this podcast to discuss things that will resonate with people if they want some coaching by listening to us or if you're a coach and you need some new techniques and cues to help your people. We are here for you. Yeah, if you just want a better life. Totally, totally. Um, so, you know, back to our topic of loneliness. It's, um, I think that loneliness has a little bit of a stigma attached to it. You know, when you say, I've been lonely for the past year and a half, how do people respond to you when you say something like that? Um, I, I don't tell anyone. <laughs> oh. Instead, I broadcast it through a podcast. But, but more importantly, uh, there is definitely a stigma, but also we buy into the stigma. So when I announce to myself that I'm lonely, um, I, then there's this like, okay, well, what's wrong with me? Then there's this, you know, right behind that door, there is a you know, um, all this stuff that you internalize to think that you're lonely because uh, you have less worth or because you're unattractive or because, you know, all that kind of stuff. I completely agree. I think that's where the stigma comes in is, and, you know, we talk a lot about the difference between how life is projected through the media, through Facebook, through others, and how life is actually experienced. And I think that this is another one of those setups where you look around and all you see are people everywhere. And if you're experiencing loneliness, there's this, you know, what's wrong with me concept. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the dangerous part. And I think, um, man, most of the world, they, they point their – well, I mean, loneliness is so common. I think most of the world um, points that gun toward themselves. Oh, totally. And I think that that's just, you know, a symptom of our individualistic culture, you know, in – in, in just our lifetimes, I mean, from when you and I were little, like 10 years ago, I think that we've seen this drastic shift in society away from living in communities where everybody knows each other, you know, you know your friend's moms, they know you, they right. keep an eye on you, to we're just kind of swinging from the rafters out there by ourselves on our phones. Yeah, and I think that if you live in a big city like Los Angeles, New York, San Francisco, um, sometimes you're more lonely in very populated cities, uh, you know, Tokyo, than you, you would be in a small town with less, uh, less population. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I was thinking about that when I was living in LA 
and I would come home at the end of the day and it was so frustrating because I'm such a social person, but nobody wanted to go out after work because of traffic. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And I was talking to a friend about it and he said, this is how people die alone in their apartments and no one ever knows. And I was like, oh God. You know, traffic equals loneliness. It's hilarious because when you're in sitting in traffic, you're in your little capsule, and there's just a uh, you know hundred thousands of people sitting there in their little capsules, all isolated. Indeed, indeed, it's a metaphor. Which, it is a metaphor. It is a metaphor. But like, let's so let's break it down, right? So something that I say all the time to my friends, to my family, to my clients is that feelings aren't facts. And loneliness is is actually a feeling. Right. It's an emotion. It's a, it's a physiological phenomenon that sprung up from, via our evolutionary history as tribal creatures. That humans are not designed to live life alone. You know, we know this. It's the whole. This is the whole concept we built our entire company around. Yeah. And. When you start to feel loneliness, it's actually a trigger to you. It's a social cue. And it comes from the fact that we are historically tribal creatures. And it's this little like ding, 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 ding. Hey, man, you should connect with others. Right. It's a, it's a, a warning sign. Or a- it is a warning sign. It is a warning sign. And, and you, know, you know what? When people feel loneliness, a lot of times they'll see the warning sign um, – and what they'll do is they'll they'll drown themselves in more loneliness by numbing themselves with like television, video games, food. Yeah, not well, it, it, interestingly, that makes a lot of sense because it, loneliness as a social trigger pulls the same alarm bells in your nervous system as hunger, thirst, or physical pain. So your instinct is to try to quell that by whatever means immediately necessary. You know, if you're starving and you're, you know, trying to eat healthy, but there's a pizza in front of you, guess what? Right. That pizza doesn't stand a chance. So, you know, of course we're going to turn on the television. You see people. (laughs) It makes complete sense. And, you know, I I think the really interesting thing about loneliness is that it's a feeling. We know that it's an evolutionary trigger, um, but what it really is, is it's a perceived discrepancy between what you want from your social relationships and your perception of those relationships. Mm. So it's uh, the uh, blueprints not matching. The blueprints not matching, exactly. And, and, And instead of taking a look at it as we did maybe, you know, when we were running around as cavemen and saying, oh shit, I better get back into that tribe. We internalize it now and say, there's something wrong with me that I've been cast out of a tribe. But in modern life, you know, tribes don't exist in the same way. Right. And so what happens is your brain goes into self-preservation mode. And when that happens, your fight or flight mechanism kicks in and you kind of, your, your nervous system goes up. Um, and it, it's, it's kind of crazy. Your empathy levels go down for other humans because you're in this like survivalistic mode. And it seems to be the complete opposite of what we actually need in that scenario. Mm-hmm. 
How do you contend with loneliness? What are your go-tos? Um, the internet. <laughs> okay. No, so, um, yeah, when I get lonely, I try to get out of my house and connect with uh, real people. So I, uh, I do, I have a tribe that we, we ride motorcycles, we do fitness, we eat. Um, so that's kind of my go-to when I get lonely. Um, sometimes I'll distract my go to see a movie by myself. I don't know if that is good or bad, but I'll do stuff like that. Um, listen to music, etc. And you know, the other thing is if, if, even if you are in a relationship, you could also be lonely. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, and it really, I mean, and this is, this can be a really fascinating aspect of our conversation because it goes back to that blueprint, right? Mm -hmm. There's a disconnect between what you think you should be experiencing and between what you're actually experiencing. Mm. And I think especially in relationships, instead of saying that to a partner or a friend or a family member of, hey, this is what I think should be happening. And, you know, instead, this is what I'm experiencing. People stuff it down, deep down inside and just get angry and say, you know, this isn't working for me, or you're not working for me, or this relationship isn't the right relationship versus, you know, actually asking for what you need. Yeah, that's really interesting. So like, on a Friday night, I should be in bed, um, maybe possibly naked with um, a beautiful woman. But instead, I'm on the couch eating Cheetos, watching TV. And so because those don't match, I stamp myself as lonely. Or that you experience the feeling of loneliness because your evolutionary instinct is telling you that you need to go interact with your tribe where you might find that woman. Did you pick the topic of loneliness as a way to give me an intervention today? No, but <laughs> this might be the right Thing at the right time. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's really sort interesting. Your love life out. Don't worry. Yeah, no, I don't. I'm, you know, I'm transparent. I don't care. Um, yeah, I, I think this is really interesting. And he, here's the other part of loneliness. I think that sometimes um, people are lonely uh, because it has nothing to do with other people, but it has to do the, their with their relationship with themselves. So a lot of people um, are lonely because they can't they can't be alone. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Because they can't be alone or because of there's, there's a mismatch with this blueprint. So mm -hmm. I'll give you an example from my own life. Um, I am a hyper communicative person. I'm yeah. extremely verbal. I'm a very fast writer. I'm a, I'm a prolific talker and I, Wh which really is why you're amazing on podcasts. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I really John. mean that. Yeah. You're great. Anyway, go on. Um, but when that shows up in my home life, my husband is an entrepreneur. He runs his own business. He is incredibly busy day in and day out. And when we first got together, I would call him in the middle of the day just to talk, mm -hmm. you know, say hi, have my check-in, get my dopamine hit that I needed from that connection. And he would be like, 
holy shit, this girl keeps calling me. <laughs> like She's going to tank my business. Like, what the hell am I going to do? I can't talk to her this much, you know? And so we finally had to have a conversation about the fact that my need to communicate as much as I do is a mismatch, not only for him personality wise, but for what his day looks like day in and day out. Yeah. Interesting. And yeah, we've had to work that out as a couple about, you know, I need to find my needs for communication. To, I need to get them met elsewhere. So how do you do that? Um, I rely on other deep and varied relationships. Mm. Um, I rely on friendships. I rely on other, you know, very close people in my life. I'll call my mom. I'll call my dad. I'll call my little sister. Um, and, you know, I'll... I, I do stuff like this, podcasts, you know, I've built my professional life around coaching, around literally talking to people. Um, so I, I've adapted. That's great. So I need met. you know, uh, people who are listening to this and I know a lot of people are struggling with loneliness. Um, what would you recommend as far as steps? I think the first thing is to know that you are experiencing loneliness. You are not lonely. So like this disconnection between um, internalizing um, the, the lonely as something that you are because then you're going to feel defective or less than and, and know that like Noel says, it's a feeling. It's something that you're experiencing like hunger or, you know, sleep, sleepliness. I can't say that word. Um, being tired or <laughs> being horny or whatever. It's a feeling. Yeah, it's a feeling, not a fact. So if you're hungry, you're experiencing hunger. You know, like you're not a bad person because you're experiencing hunger. Right, right. If you're lonely, you're experiencing loneliness because you have a need that needs to be filled, not because you suck for some reason. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's like every other biological drive out there. We need to start thinking about it like that. And I think, I think really – flipping the script around from a framework of like what's wrong with me that I don't have something to how do I get my needs met because making sure that you get your needs met is your job mm. big time yeah and I think that's where a lot of people drop the ball is they don't um it's you know now we're talking about uh, self-care getting your needs yeah met, what you need yeah. And, and understanding, you know, I think, I think that step one of, of that piece of the puzzle is actually taking the time to be reflective mm. about what your needs are. Yeah. You know, are you an introvert or, or are you an extrovert? Um, what are the quality of your top five relationships? That's um, so from a social contagion perspective and social contagion is the um, phenomenon in which we adopt the behaviors and qualities of the five people that were around the most. Mm. So if you're, it's really interesting. So if you're looking at your top five, you know, what are the quality of those relationships? Are, are your needs for being seen, heard and understood met in that context? Can and, you get can you get different needs from different tribes? Oh yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. Totally. And you should. And that's why that's why it's important to be, you know, both critical um, and analytical about this stuff. And you know, if you're a coach out there who's listening, this is a great way to explore things uh, with your clients. Is 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 it's okay to go to different groups, to different people to get different needs met. 
Yeah, you know, I was just thinking, you know how there, uh, this idea of um, people com compartmentalizing their friends, uh, and, and that usually has a bad rap or negative tone, but it it's actually kind of okay. Like, I, I think, so I have my... Um, I have my fitness buddies that I see daily, and 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 when I'm with them, they're they're mostly younger than me, so um, I could be total immature and 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 silly, and I could be you know tap give myself that that part of John Kim that can be lonely. Um, but then I also have some other friends that are you know uh, older than me that we can sit down, we have co we have uh, coffee, and we talk about big things and life and love and all that, and so I get those needs met by by them, and so I, I think there's. Um, different types of uh, 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 thing, uh, needs that you could get met when you feel lonely by different types of people and it's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that there's this um, misnomer that you have to get all of your needs met from your Same. your core crew or right, your right. your partner and like and it's a one-stop shop and if 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 it's not happening there there's something wrong yeah that's a really good point and that's impossible because you're gonna have different types of tribes oh yeah you're gonna have different types of tribes and you're gonna have different you know you're gonna change and grow over your lifespan too and what used to work for you as far as getting your needs met you know isn't gonna work for you anymore um, you know for my own life like I in my younger years um, going to see music several times a week was a big part of my life and a big part of who I was and I had a lot of great friends that I did that with these days running a company, I am too fucking tired. Yeah. Like there, you know, I'm in bed by 9.30 p.m. and I'm up in the morning and I need to do that to have that energy. You know, right. do I miss it? Do I feel lonely sometimes because of it? Sure, you know, definitely. But I needed to put that aspect of myself to rest so I could do something bigger than myself. What about all the people who are in relationships and they're feeling lonely, which is a little more complicated? What would you say to those people? I, I think from that perspective, it, it comes down to analyzing the patterns that are causing the loneliness um, because it can come from different sources. So we talked about communication as an example from my own life. That's a big one. If people are, um, and, and I, I say this word mismatched, not as a negative, but just as a fact. If, if you're in a, a paired couple relationship where you're a heavy communicator and your partner's not, that can cause feelings of loneliness. You can ease it by recognizing the patterns, talking to your partner about how to get your needs met, and then agreeing on different ways and different relationship styles that can help the partner who has a high level of communication you know, get those needs met. Same thing goes with touch. People have, it's called skin hunger, and there's actually a scale about the degree to which people like to be physically touched. Some people can go through their entire day and be totally fine without a hug. And some people are like, oh my God, I'm going to die, you know? Right, right. <laughs> so if you're, if you're mismatched on that level in your relationship, it can cause loneliness. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, some people are very tactile, some people are not. Yep. And so you got to know that about yourself. And then also, that's what, that's half of the coin. Then you have to um, give yourself what you need. Yes. Yes, you have to give yourself what you need. And, you know, I, I think, too, 
when we're really talking about it, like, so what, what gets in the way, right? So from a coaching conversation, where are you now? Where do you want to be? And what's getting in the way? Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of the things that keep people from going out there and getting what they need is number one, that's kind of a foreign concept to a lot of people of like doing this for me. They feel like life should happen to them, but you actually have to happen to life, you know? Um, And number two, it's this concepts of self-esteem or shame. And those are really big ones to contend with that, when you're feeling lonely, you feel shame about it or you, as we talked about internalizing it. And so taking each one of those pieces and working with them separately to say, you know, this is a feeling, it's not a fact, it's a construction and I don't have to be subject to it. Yeah. And let's remind uh, people who are listening, the difference between shame and guilt and shame is basically, I am bad. Guilt is I did something bad. So shame is internalizing um, and you know, guilt is okay because it's ex- it's outside of you. It's a behavior, um, but but a lot of times with shame, I mean, uh, with loneliness, people uh, line it with shame. Mm-hmm. Like they're defective because of it, and so they're going right. to be embarrassed about it. So they're not going to give themselves what they need or reach out or you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it, it's it's really worthwhile to to get a handle on this concept of loneliness as, you know, an evolutionary warning mechanism versus an indicator of worth. Um, Because loneliness has long-term health ramifications. The, The point of loneliness is just like your fight or flight mechanism that you sense danger and it's supposed to get you to run. Um, that doesn't really work so well in modern times. So we contend with this high alert as a society. And the same thing with loneliness. The point of loneliness is to trip this bonding mechanism in your head that says, oh, I have to go get back with the rest of my group. They're, they're heading away without me. Um, but in modern society, you know, we just feel like shit. Now what, you know? Um, so if you let, loneliness spiral out of control, um, number one, it, it starts to mess with your sleep, yeah. your ability to rest, because when you're, when you're feeling lonely, your brain remains on high alert for threats. Just like think about if you're a caveman, if you're with your tribe, you're, you're sleeping soundly, but if you're by yourself, you're like, shit, there might be a mountain lion. Mm. So it fucks with your sleep. It fucks with your heart. It can cause depression. And I'm not saying this to scare people, but I'm saying this that it should be taken seriously mm. as, you know, as something to, to work with. Yeah, I think it's definitely one of the um, gateways to being depressed really fast. Yeah, it is. It is. But there are definitely ways to break the cycle. So, you know, from a coaching perspective and from an individual perspective, one of the best things that you can possibly do is to engage in a group activity. Yeah, for sure. And you know, the, the, there's been an explosion of this in the last five years. Um, everything is done in communities now. So like fitness, um, people are learning that uh, communities, uh, the, the, they're the way that you rebuild each other, but also uh, feel like you're part of something bigger than you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I want to be really specific about engaging in group activity in real life, because what we know about um, social media and, you know, online dating and meetups and all that great stuff is that it's really beneficial. It's a great way to get people connected to each other. 
but it only combats loneliness if you get out from behind the computer and actually go meet up in person. If you use social media as your destination to see and engage with other people, it actually contributes to feelings of loneliness and isolation. So this is actually a huge problem for the millennials, for for people who are born in this internet age where um, that's the standard, that's all they know. So for me, it's different because I'm older and I was around when, you know, before the internet, so I could see the difference. Um, and, and when I was growing up, you go outside and you, you, you ride bikes with your friends and you go and TP houses and you're, you know, now it's like everything is done behind the screen or through your phone. And even with like dating and stuff, it's like they're images and they're, the, it, it's not, they're real people, but the, the, the connection is not there. And think about how much time we put into curating these images. Yeah. Filters and yeah, the, the false yeah, it, it, false advertising. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it creates distance is what it does. It creates distance. And it, and I think it's one of the main contributors to this feeling of I feel lonely because I'm not good enough. Or I think, you know, there's a huge hesitation of like, you know, oh, God, I worked so long to get into the right lighting to take that picture that makes me look a certain way. And if I come out from behind the computer, everyone will know that that's not what I really look like. Yeah, that is so. I'm. You know, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to take a non-filtered, super close-up photo of my face, a selfie, and then write about this and post it on Instagram. I think it's so important. I think we're going so uh, living in such a filtered, candy-coated world, and if that's where our efforts and intention, if if they're they're there, then we're just distancing ourselves. You know. I think about it, it, that a it, it's, lot. It's a, ca- it's a capsule. You know, it's what, we, what I talked about earlier as a joke in traffic. It's us um, jumping into our little capsules. Yeah. And, and, you know, just coming from a body perspective. So, you know, I'll share with everybody I've shared with you before, John. I come from a really serious background of eating disorders. Yeah. Anorexia, bulimia, body dysmorphia. And there was a time in my early 20s, teens, when I would not participate in social activity because I was so convinced or concerned that there was something wrong with my body. And I remember what it felt like to be trapped in this cage of like, I'm not good enough. Like I'm physically not good enough. And now so many years later, happy, healthy, strong, you know, belly that's filled with like beer and good food and good memories (laughs) and, you know, going out to shows with my friends and dancing like a lunatic. It's like, I can't believe I ever missed it. You know, I can't believe I ever just missed this physical experience and, and instead was just concerned because if you think about it, other people don't care what I look like. They care what they look like. (laughs) Right. Right. And so, you know, what's interesting is this is another piece of loneliness. If you don't have a good, healthy relationship with your body, you can experience loneliness. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's huge. And it's so tied to social media and our relationships and how we perceive ourselves and, you know, our sexuality and our lives. And it's this just this big, vicious cycle. I think we just all need to run around outside more and drink and dance and screw. I love it. And you know what? Let's, let's end at that because I think that that is the point of this. That is the punctuation. That is the exclamation mark is we need to dance and, and screw and what? Climb trees. Well, you know, just run around outside. Run like, around run outside. Around. Yes, guys, get away from your phones and computers. 
Um, I know you have to do it for work sometimes because I do. Um, but go outside, run around, dance and screw. <laughs> yeah. Noelle, thank you for um, my intervention this morning. I really appreciate it. And uh, man, what a great topic, guys. And listen, uh, if you enjoy this dialogue, if you enjoy this banter, if you enjoy the conversations that Noelle and I um, have once a week, then um, please subscribe to this podcast. We're um, going to keep pushing this forward because it's so much fun. And I think it's important to have these conversations. Absolutely. And if you like us, you know, we do a lot of stuff from live retreats to coach training programs to, um, you know, random events. And uh, we do have a really good time. So come come play in the sandbox. Yes. And Noelle, if they have questions uh, specifically they want answered um, in this podcast, who should they email? Um, you can email me or you. Yeah. Um, so shift.us is the website where you can access our organization and you can, you know, find links. We also have about a hundred really awesome life coaches who are all, you know, trained by John and I and a hundred percent equipped to have these conversations. And our coaches offer free sessions to anyone oh, nice. who is in need. So yeah. you can get in touch with us, set up a free session, um, and, and we'll make sure that you're all set. All right, guys, come ride with us. Noelle, thank you so much. And um, I got to work on my loneliness. Awesome. Yeah, just text me next time you're chilling on the couch with your Cheetos. <laughs> okay, be well. All right, Bye. dude. Thanks for listening to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast presented by Shift. If you'd like to learn more about what you've heard on today's show, head to shift.us. That's S-H-F-T dot U-S for more information. Feel free to rate us, review us, and tell a friend.